Welcome to the Sports Talk with the Degenerate D's podcast hosted by Old Dusty and Devin Smith, bringing you sports talk from a fan's perspective. Now let's get to the show. Got another show for you. Sorry we uh, missed our Tuesday episode, uh, COVID-related issues, uh, but we're back for Thursday. So uh, this episode is going to be pretty much all NFL. Uh, since we didn't go over our games for uh, the Thursday night and Sunday 1 p.m. games. Uh, so we'll have our picks for there. Our uh, AFC East quarterbacks, who we'd start a franchise with and rank them from best to worst currently right now. And our five best coaches ever in all sports. Uh, my list is actually pretty, pretty like our generation, but I do have one older one, but we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. I think so, I only have two people from our generation. I got one, or I pretty much I have four, but we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so, uh, let's go ahead and start getting our NFL picks. Colts, Titans, uh, even. Which it's I was, even. Yeah, I was really surprised it was even. I, I, I got to go Titans because it's home. I just think the Titans are going to whoop that ass is what's going to happen. I don't think they will. It's like every team that's been strong this year is is trying to fucking lose. Like, it's the weirdest thing to watch. You see teams take off and then shit the bed. The Steelers have been trying to for like three weeks in a row, and they failed to lose. Because everybody's like, trying to sell for Trevor. <laughs> well, the Steelers might want to because doesn't Ben have two broken knees – a broken leg and the COVID. Yeah, which so, I heard he's just a contact. He he doesn't have he tested negative, but he is a contact. I am also a contact. <laughs> that tested negative. <laughs> you and Ben are basically the same human right now. Uh, except I respect women. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yikes. Um, we're allowed to say that we're from this area. Which yeah, is where I'm, he's from. I actually live in Ben's hometown, so um, of Finley, Ohio. He says he's from Corey Rawson. Funny thing is, Corey Rawson is not a real town. It's by the two way. towns. It's two towns. Uh, I believe he re, uh, retracted that statement, and he's back to being from Finley again. Uh, he played at Finley High School, so don't. If he tells you he didn't, he did. He was the quarterback at Finley. He's actually a wide receiver for three years, and then played quarterback his senior year. Great, yeah. cre- great career move for him, though. Um, yeah, pretty good. Uh, Eagles, Giants, Giants, or Eagles, minus three and a half. I'm taking the Giants, and I'm actually, uh, I think they're on a heater. Daniel Jones actually didn't turn the ball over last week. So, you know what, man? I am I'm think they're going to ride the wave. I like Joe Judge and what he's doing and what he's building there. Uh, their lack of talent sucks, for the for the especially for Joe Judge, because Joe Judge is a great coach. I mean, they've only, with the talent they have, they're playing really well. So, and they've lost all their games except one by less than like a touchdown. So, see, now you feel what it's like to be a Broncos fan. Except where, where you're watching, except for this year, because we got your fucking Shermer. Okay. But uh, the thing is, the difference is the Broncos usually bounce back. The Giants haven't bounced back in like eight years. So, just being in the game yeah. is, is great to watch. <laughs> it's been like four years that the Broncos have been shit. And it sucks. But even when they're shit, they stay in games. It's it's the wildest thing to watch. But in my opinion, that's good coaching. Uh, this year, I think their offense has been shit, and that's bad coaching. That's because Pat Schumer. Schumer. 
Yeah, Shermer is a terrible head coach or a terrible Which, offensive coordinator, head coach, basically an NFL coach. Make him a position coach for yeah. a position that doesn't matter. Make him a tight end coach. A fucking punter coach where the punter already <laughs> has his talent. He doesn't really need to be coached. Punters matter, though. <laughs> <laughs> they do. But the, and I'm I'm not, they, they have the talent. I'm not saying tight ends don't matter, but I feel like for the most part, you would have uh, – You'd have your tight ends go with the O line to learn to practice blocking, and go with the receivers to practice the routes and stuff. So you don't yeah. really need a tight ends coach. So just make Pat Schumer a tight ends coach. <laughs> who you, who he stands who, on the sidelines <laughs> with his fucking thumb up his nose? Yeah, because uh, that's what he does now. So I, yeah, no, he. <laughs> there is rumors that I'll get into during when we go over the Broncos game this week. Uh, but I think that's a sign watching. Uh, New York stay in these games, even games that they're expected to get blown the fuck out of. They're staying in them, and that's a gigantic sign to coaching. Uh, Their defense has been not terrible. Uh, The offense has made a lot out of nothing. The defense defense has actually been great. Way better. Yeah. Way better than I thought they would be. I thought they were going to be the worst secondary in the league. Dude, uh, Bradbury's actually played pretty well. That was a pretty nice cheap signing they got from him but uh um i will say though even though the losses are crushing because they're they're always in it and then something dumb happens um who's it against i think it was might have been dallas um (laughs) they deflected it was a fourth and one dallas was going for it to seal the game was it dallas I can't remember who it was. It was one of the first three games of the year. And whoever it was threw the ball, got tipped. Their offensive lineman, they got tipped to the fucking offensive lineman, so they converted the first down and won the game. Like, that is that is how they lose. Just dumb shit like that. But I will say, even though they're heart-crushing, it is nice to know that we will have a top pick because Joe Judge seems to know what to do with this talent. It gets you. It gets your, your blood pumping a little bit too, during those games, which, yeah, it sucks to lose close, but I'd rather lose close than, you know, the Chiefs game this year where I fell asleep in the fucking second quarter. Yeah. Well, you know, the Giants last year, I'd just sit there and watch it and be miserable. And, Appalled. And yeah. keep telling uh, Casey, why, why the fuck do I watch these guys anymore? Just, Stupid <laughs> motherfuckers. And she's like, well, I don't know. Turn it off. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> it's uh, like fucking torture. Yeah. Uh, who are you who are you picking? Giants, Eagles. Uh, Giants. You know, go Giants if, too. If the Giants win, they're tied for first in that awful, awful division. Yeah, they haven't lost playoff contention yet. No, they haven't. That's the really pathetic part, considering they're one, two, and seven now. So, <laughs> uh, Texans, Browns, Browns minus three. Uh, Nick Chubb might be back this week, too. Even without Nick Chubb, I think it'd still go Browns. Texans are one of those hard those teams that, you know, they're never your clear favorite, uh, but they're also, they're also never completely down. So they always have a chance to win. It's just can they put it together? And I think part of that was they had shit coaching. Uh, but they're still not great. I'm going to take the Browns, but if you have a Texans player on your fantasy team, start him because the Browns defense is trash. 
Yeah. I still think the Browns will win. I think they're more explosive offense. But I think if you have a Texans player on your team, start him because pretty much anyone who's faced the Browns has gone off this year. So uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, I'm also going Browns. Uh, Washington football team against the Detroit Lions. Lions minus four and a half. Really? Lions given that much of a favorite? Now, they're, I would pick them, but I wouldn't take that line. I'm actually going to take Washington because uh, Alex Smith looked pretty good. I mean, Grant, I understand he threw three interceptions, but the man barely has played any football. He hasn't been taking first-team snaps. He's gonna. He's been taking first-team snaps all week because Kyle Allen's out now, and Dwayne Haskins is basically the eighth-string quarterback <laughs> for whatever reason. Yeah. So – uh, I think Alex Smith is. Uh, I think he's gonna come out and have a a good game, an Alex Smith good game. Just be a great Which, game manager. You know, part of being a good quarterback in any setting, no matter what your style is, is building camaraderie with your team. And you can't do that when you're taking second second team snaps. Like you got to learn your receivers and everything like that. A week is a lot better, but it's not long enough for me to want to take them. I'm taking him. I think Alex has a bounce back as his game manager role like he used to be. Uh, Jags, Packers. Packers, minus 13 and a half. Uh, I'm taking Green Bay, and I'm going to take that line. You're going to take that line? Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. The... I'm going to take Green Bay, but Green Bay is looked... hasn't looked amazing it don't, the last couple weeks. don't matter. You got the Rodgers factor. Um. All right, Broncos Raiders. Raiders minus five. What you got? What you got for me, boss? I have the Broncos. Here's the thing: they're going to go into half down by twenty points, and then they're going to come out and they're going to score thirty in the second half. It's the way their offense has been in this in the first half, and the way the offense has been in the second half are totally different things. Now it goes along with what I said at the beginning of the year with how the Broncos should do it instead of going deep. They're going short, short, short. Even on third and fucking 10, they'll throw a three-yard in route instead of fucking going over the top, which is not what I meant. But from what rumors that are being said online a lot is Shermer is calling the first half plays. They're not allowing, like, any interference. It's just Shermer calling the plays he wants in the first half. Second half is Drew Locke and Shermer running the offense Drew Locke wants to run. See, why don't... <laughs> and they are fucking outscoring the shit out of teams in the second half of games. Why wouldn't you just do that <laughs> the whole game? Like, what are you doing? I think it's a dumb Shermer idea to prove that he's... Oh, well, look how good the team's doing in, in the first half, which they haven't been. They... And you can tell there's like two totally different teams, first half to second half. It is fucking painful to watch the first half of a Broncos game. Hence why I didn't watch the first half of the Broncos game this Sunday. Normally, Danielle asked me, hey, you want to go out to eat when I get home? I'm like, uh, you know, the Broncos are on. I don't really want to miss the Broncos game. I said, fuck it. Let's go out to eat. Made it back, watched the second half. And was blown away by how the offense looked in the second half. Pat Schumer is about to uh, bounce his own ass out of the league. <laughs> yeah. So, I just want Gary Kubiak back. Yeah. 
if you're Broncos fans, write to John Elway and tell him to get rid of Pat, man. Just, just tell him to get rid of him at this point. Well, I think Elway's seen it. How can you not? Especially if that's what's going on, because that might be what Elway's telling them. Because that offense was putrid the first half of the season, besides Noah Fant. And now they're – it's almost like they're trying to just develop the run in short pass game. And then they come out in the second half and actually develop the run in the long pass game. Well, that's how you do it. You can't think and dime yeah. trying to establish a run game. You have to open the field up to make them respect you. Mm-hmm. To make and, and you've seen Philip Lindsay have good games since since this. You've seen Drew Locke fucking have great games. He scored like thirty five points in our dynasty league last week. Yeah, you can't if you dink and dime, they can still stack the box. You go deep and you challenge them, even if you don't even get it, even if they don't catch the ball or you don't make the play, it still makes them think about it. It's like they're taking yeah, shots down the field. We gotta have you know at least one safety back there. And, and if you're not going deep, you're setting up teams to blitz the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they're going to blitz you if you go deep, too. But short passes, yeah, they keep you from getting rushed too bad, even when there is a blitz, because it doesn't take very long to set up the routes. But, my God, that's when Drew Locke's at his worst, is when he's getting blitzed all the fucking time, and you're allowing teams to blitz all the time, because they know you're either going to give up two yards on a pass, or you're going to give up two yards on a run. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Broncos too. I'm gonna take the Broncos too. I think this week, uh, Chargers Dolphins. This is gonna be a great shit game. I don't, uh, I don't gonna know. go Chargers. I think, dude, Tua had a pretty good game last week, though. Tua did, and I think the Dolphins. Did you secondary, watch? Did you... Well, the Dolphins defense is so fucking talented. They just gotta fucking put it together. Did you watch that game? I watched highlights. Oh, dude! Not watched the game. Oh, it was it was a good game. I mean, Kyler and Tua were they had a great game. I told you, Heisman's Heisman candidates. <laughs> that was a great game, man. It was fun to watch him go out. Because yeah, I mean, Tua actually. Had... I guess I worded it wrong when I said it. It's two teams that are in perpetual shitholes where they continually have shit seasons. You'll actually see offenses fucking kill it. And I think the Dolphins have the better defense, talent-wise. And I want to take the Dolphins, but I got to go Chargers. I I think the Chargers have a better quarterback. And I'm only saying that right now because we have a bigger sample size of Herbert than we do Tua. Granted, Tua had a really good game last week. But Justin Herbert's been balling the fuck out. I like him a lot. So He has. He's basically... Do you think he can he can win rookie of the year? Yeah. And th- this season, yeah. Yeah, I do. Even even with Burrow having the head start. Yeah, Burrow hasn't played Burrow hasn't looked as good as um I don't Herbert. Which I think is a sad thing to say. Like But to to be fair Burrow has looked good on a shit team. But to, well that's, he is the MVP rookie of the year. No, nah, I will say that. Right now. Uh, Herb- he's the most valuable player on his team. Herbert has a little more weapons than Joe does. I think that's – I'll agree with you, but in my opinion, the Bengals are a lot deeper at wide receiver. Yeah, but Herb- the Chargers have a better offensive line. I was going to say, line. Herbert's got a line. He ain't he running for his life. He's got time to make his reads. That's what I don't get. Teams who draft rookie quarterbacks. So, if I was the Bengals this year, 
or if I was the Giants last year or whoever, why would you not build your offensive line before you draft a rookie quarterback? Because he's just going to get his ass or, kicked and he's going to look terrible. Or at least do what Denver tried. They signed a bunch of offensive linemen. Yeah. They gave an offensive lineman the biggest contract an offensive lineman's ever had. Now, granted, he sat out this year uh, due to COVID, but his first year he didn't look bad till he went down with injury. And now this year he's not playing, but you still established an offensive line. You took a offensive lineman in in last year's draft who has played fucking lights out in Dalton Reisner. And and you you've really taken time on guys like Garrett Bowles, who was a fucking terrible mm-hmm. offensive lineman, and you've made him into a good one. You put him into a position that he liked, that he felt comfortable in, and you took a guy like Dalton Reisner, who is kind of an all around jack of all trades, and you put him in a position where he's excelling, which happened to be a guard, which he was a tackle his entire career, moves to guard, he's killing it at guard. Like they tried to establish a line and then get a quarterback. No, I agree. Giants didn't do. I think they still need help. Denver's offensive line still not is not where you know other teams are, but they they've tried. Um, Bills Cardinals for whatever reason ESPN gave the money line for this one. Uh, Cardinals minus yeah. one thirty. Uh, which also shocked me that they were the favorites in this game. Uh, I'm I'm going Bills, man. Josh Allen's coming off a of heater. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, and when Josh Allen's hot, nobody can nobody can keep up. Dude, he uh, Kyler's exciting, but yeah, it's fun to watch Josh Allen play good. And you know, and when he's playing good, whew. Josh Allen has sneaky athleticism too. Like he, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna outrun. You know, he's not faster than Kyler or Tua or someone like that. But, man, he he can move. He can move pretty good. He don't look like it, but he For, can. What is he, like 6'7"? I don't know. He's a big boy with a rocket. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going Bills, man. Got to go with the heater. Um, even though Kyler did have a hell of a game last week. But Josh Allen spanked the Seahawks pretty good last week, which was really impressive. And, and he is going up against a uh, – a better defense in Buffalo's defense. A lot faster defense, a lot younger. Uh, Seahawks, Rams, Rams, minus one and a half. Almost even. Uh, I'm going to go. Wait, Rams are minus one and a half against the Seahawks? Yeah. Is it in Los Angeles? Yep. That must be the only reason they gave them the A. I'm going to go Seahawks on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna go Seahawks too. I can't, I can't believe they're giving the Rams the edge. At least, uh, at least Ramsey won't be a fake tough guy against uh, DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf will eat him. <laughs> yeah, that, that will be that'll be a fun matchup to watch if you want to watch somebody get tossed around like a fucking rag doll. If you don't like Jalen Ramsey, which pretty much every anyone who's not a uh, Los Angeles Rams fan, definitely tune into that game because uh, DK is going to just run through him <laughs> the entire time. Uh, yeah, that, that's one I think I'm going to tune into just for that matchup. Uh, and, you know, I mean, obviously DK is not just going to go bowl him over because you're not allowed to, but I think that's going to be 
It's going to be a fun game. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Um, and But I, I'm going to go Seahawks, man. I think they're going to take the edge on this one. Um, Me too. A lot more physical offense. Well, the Rams try to establish a run. It just hasn't been the same with Gurley, and it really depends on um, Goff. And Goff hasn't really been impressed. I mean, he's had good games, but he hasn't been impressive since Gurley got hurt or whatever is wrong with him, was wrong with him. See, no, I think this year has been Jared Goff's best season in the NFL. I do too, but his I don't think it's that good anyway. You know, it's a, they don't they don't have they don't have a well rounded <laughs> offense. They're they have to depend on Jared Goff. Well, the problem is they try to hang on to their Super Bowl run guys. And yeah. those guys either aged or they traded them away, like Brandon Cooks. Um, I mean, Robert Woods is still there, but – and he's had good – he's had a good season too, but it's – you know, Cooper Cup's there. Haven't really heard his name a lot this year. Um, yeah. I just feel like they haven't gotten gotten better or at that level where they were when they went to the Super Bowl and lost. Um, yeah. Uh, when we all thought Sean McVay was a god. Yeah. Uh, Niners, Saints, Saints minus nine and a half. Uh, I'm going to go Saints, but I'm not taking that line. Yeah, I wouldn't take that line. Uh, but, yes, Saints as well. Um, they've looked better and better, but Drew Brees still has a noodle arm. Yeah. So. But Michael Thomas is back, which is good. So, man, and and you know we got to see, we got to see Jameis eat a dub. We haven't seen that in fucking three years. <laughs> he ate a dub on national TV. He did. Well, he tried to. <laughs> uh, Bengals Steelers Steelers minus seven. I'm actually going to take the upset this week. The Bengals will end no. the Steelers. What are they? Eight and zero now, nine and zero. I wanted to say it first because the Steelers have been begging to fucking lose for three weeks in a row, and they just have it. Like they've pulled games out of their fucking ass. They looked terrible in last week's game. Who, in my opinion, they were playing the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Bengals, especially. I think Ben's a game time decision. <laughs> yeah. If Ben's not in there, they definitely don't win. I know he's not the greatest quarterback, but he wins. Not him not being in there, I think he's definitely the best option the Steelers have. Well, you don't think Mason Rudolph's good? Has he even played since he uh, smacked or Miles smacked him on the head? I don't know. I think he played one game after that, uh, but. As much as I want Mason Rudolph to be a good quarterback because of the amount of memorabilia and signature cards I have of his, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to happen. I'm just going to have to eat those cards. Pretty much. Uh, Ravens, Pats. Ravens, minus seven. I'm going to – I think I'm going to take the Patriots on this one. I think they're kind of opening it up a little more for Cam. I'm going to stick – to the Ravens, I definitely wouldn't take that line because uh, I think the Patriots are starting to put it together a little bit. But last time it looked like they were putting it together a little bit, they fucking 
shit the bed. Well, Cam got COVID. But, <laughs> yeah. But we'll see game time. But I'm still taking the Ravens. I think Bill's going to shut Lamar down in this game. I really do. He's going to stack the – I mean, Bill Belichick's one of the best defensive minds ever. He, You know he circled this game on his calendar preseason. And he said this – and he started playing him for Lamar long before this game, before this week. Yeah, and I, I don't think Lamar's that hard to stop, to be honest. Because you're seeing teams do it this year. Really? But – The Titans template, man. And, you know what? This is really tough to take the Ravens. I'm still going to take the Ravens, even though what I'm about to say. They're not going to have an established run game. Lamar will have to beat them through the air. They're hurt at running back. They're going to – the Patriots' one goal is going to be don't let Lamar run. That's what you're going to have to do. You don't have a choice. But they're – the Ravens are going to beat them through the air. Uh, Okay. Uh, Vikings-Bears. Vikings minus two and a half. I'm taking the Vikings. The the Bears started off really hot and now they're five and four. About to be five and five after this week. I'm gonna take the Vikings too, and I, I would take that line. Well, I Dalvin Cook has completely changed that team. Him coming back. They're a completely different team. It takes a lot of pressure off of Kirk Cousins to try to make something happen. They have their run game back. And, and, and he's been after his injury, he's come back and looks more explosive. You're seeing running backs do that now. It's so crazy because, like, back in the day, any type of leg injury to a running back, like, oh, there goes their career. But now you have guys like Adrian Peterson who came back 20 times stronger and had 12 years longer on his career after a major leg injury. So insane. Saquon can do it. All right. Uh, AFC East quarterbacks. Let's rank them first. What you got? Let me look up. Who do we have in the AFC East? We have the Bills. So you got Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, and Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> okay, Josh Allen, one. Okay. Ooh, two's tough. I mean, let's be real. Two's between Cam and Darnold because yes, because Tua, we don't have a big enough sample size. Exactly. Two was four. That's yeah. Uh, I'll go two Cam just because of what he's done, yeah. and then three three. That's, that's literally my list. Uh, Josh Allen right now is the best quarterback in that division. Cam, I have Cam at two because I think Cam can get there. He's already been there. He's won the league MVP. He's done it. I, yeah. He can get there. They just have to figure the offense out for him, you know. And they mm-hmm. signed him really late before the season, you know, into the off season, so he didn't have a lot of time. To practice, the guys learn the offense. Also, he doesn't have many weapons in New England. Uh, I put Sam would be my number two if Adam Gase wasn't his head coach, because he. Yeah, because I don't think we've seen what Sam can right. actually do. So Sam looks bad, but we don't know what Sam can do. He probably on this list, he probably has the highest potential because we know what Allen can do, and we know what Cam can do. We don't know what Tua can do yet. But I think Sam's a better quarterback than Tua. We just have to, we just haven't seen it. He's a lot more. Yeah, he's built to be a quarterback. He 
has shown some of the craziest fucking throws we've seen in the well, NFL. Cord- he's done crazy shit, and he's that tight that he can throw it. And if he absolutely needs to, he can run. Which you know, Tua is that same guy. Darnold has more of the build. He's a lot bigger, not like a Cam Newton build where Cam could play fucking middle linebacker for a team, but he's got he's bigger. And Tua just his injury past and you know the crazy shit that's happened to him yeah. and his size, uh, just two things that make me scare away from him and put him as a definite four. Which I know some people will probably be pissed that we just put Tua at four and put Sam at three. But I think Sam has showed he could be a fucking great quarterback. And it's my same issue with people who immediately say, oh, Drew Locke's not the answer in Denver. How do you fucking know that? Because he's made some of the craziest shit happen on plays that we thought were dead. He makes shit happen. He pulls stuff out of his out of his ass the only, to score look, The only touchdown. reason, too, is the, the fourth best quarterback in the AFC East is because we don't know what he can do. By the end of the season, yeah, we might this list might completely change. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, Josh Allen could be four, but, but I doubt that. as of but, right yeah. now, two is four. Uh, now, if you're going to start a franchise, if you're going to start a franchise, you get three years with them. What is your order of AFC's quarterbacks you start your franchise with? Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. Cam Newton. Jesus, that's my list too. See, this was more <laughs> of a fun list because other than Cam, they're all young. So, yeah. Um, but again, same thing. Which Sam and Josh were same draft. Weren't yeah. They? Yeah. I mean, I, again, we could see what, what Sam does here in the next year, next year when Adam Gates is finally fired and he hopefully gets a competent head coach. Um, uh, or they just fucking let Sam walk, get rid of Sam, and and keep Adam Gase to ruin another quarterback, young quarterback. Yeah, it's not me. It's my quarterback. Yeah, and then they'll draft Trevor, and then they'll blame Trevor. Then they'll get rid of him, and then he'll go somewhere and be the best quarterback in NFL history, probably. probably. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Big Ten or college football in general because a lot of the games got canceled this week. Uh, I I'm honestly gonna be surprised if the season by next week isn't postponed for a couple weeks. I really want to be surprised either because uh, we're seeing record number of cases. Well, and 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 you're seeing a lot of teams be directly affected uh, with personnel at the least getting uh, COVID down to players. Uh, you're seeing outbreaks on teams. Now, I don't think. Ohio State hasn't had any cases, but uh, Maryland does, so their game's canceled. Alabama's game's canceled because of COVID. Uh, once you start canceling games like that, man, that you're just losing money for, and the the NCAA is losing money because those are your money makers, those are your programs that pull the ratings for you. Um, Notre Dame probably next week will have to shut down again after their big win against Clemson. Which I'm, I usually think Notre Dame's overrated. I still kind of do because I feel like if Trevor Lawrence was there, they would got their ass spanked. But, but they did. They beat the number one team in the country, and then they let the fans rush the field. You're gonna have, you're going to have outbreaks at Notre Dame 
All right, enough talk about uh, Notre Dame and their stupidity uh, while their program's about to be shut down once again. Um, uh, let's go ahead and get into our five top five sports coaches of all time. The best of the best, the greatest ever. Who do you got at number five? Bill Belichick. You got Bill at five? Yep, I got Bill at five. Like I said, most of my guys aren't aren't guys from this era. Uh, so Bill gets five. I mean, he turned the Cleveland Browns around before they fucking shit canned him and moved. Like a, like a bunch of idiots. Uh, but he has literally created a system that anybody can succeed in. Uh, he's had super talented players that have done great things under him. He's had mediocre players that have looked like fucking superstars playing for him. Uh, I think that's what really speaks to who he is. Uh, I don't like him. Really don't like him. Uh, but everybody hates hates legends. Yeah, I hate Nick Saban because he's an asshole, but you can't. Great coach. You great can't cheater. deny. <laughs> great cheater. Great guy. Oh, has a wide open wallet. Um, uh, my number five is John Wooden, or I'm sorry, Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich. Say, how the fuck do you have Wooden at five? <laughs> Greg Popovich is my is my number five. Um, same thing. Had a great system. Uh, I mean, you can tell me Tony Parker was a great point guard or Mono Ginobili was great. Well, let's be real. They're great because of Greg's system. Yeah, they and they won. He won titles. Now, Tim, was Tim Duncan great? Tim Duncan is great. He was great. He was supposed to be great coming out of college. Uh, nobody really heard of Manu or Tony when they came out, and Greg made them superstars. And Greg took guys that weren't that great, and he made his bench deep because he developed his bench guys too. They yeah, weren't going to be stars that to anywhere. Me, that to me is what makes like a great coach: the person who can develop players. And put together a great scheme because you never get both unless you're in somebody's fucking top 10, top five list. Yeah. I mean, it's just he he did it with technically three superstars. But I don't like Manu, like I said, Manu and Tony Parker, Hall of Famers. They're Hall of Famers because of Greg. Tim Duncan could have went anywhere and been a Hall of Famer. He might not have won a championship, but Tim would have been a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, man, Kawhi is a great player, but I think he has a, has a lot to do with Greg coaching him for a couple of years. You know, I think he made Kawhi who he is. Well, he did and, kind of have a fall off when he got out. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's why I got Greg at, I got Greg at three, uh, who do you, or five be, being used as a chew toy at the moment. <laughs> who do you got at uh, four? Four. I have Pat Summit. Uh, that, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Summit. Lady Volunteers coach uh, really brought women's basketball into the limelight and was a fucking spectacular coach. Uh, until Connecticut came around. Until Connecticut came around. But, I mean, she was she's really the first woman coach. Woman coach, not woman's coach. To, yeah, the, to, to be. fucking be dominant. Eight national titles, thirty-two league championships. Like, damn. 
No, I agree. And, um, you know, a lot of her players obviously went to the WNBA. And some of them are the greatest of all time in the WNBA now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you never you never heard anyone say a bad thing about Pat, ever. You know, you got dude at UConn, I can't remember his name. But, uh, you know, some people said he's an asshole. No one ever said that about Pat. Yeah. Pat fought for her players no matter what. Um, she ran a clean program. And she ran a great program. And Tennessee women's basketball probably would never be where it is today because they're usually still in the top 25. They're not as dominant, obviously. But Pat got them there. Pat made them a name brand for little girls when we were, even when we were growing up. Little girls yeah. that played basketball that wanted to go to that next level. You had two options, Utah or Tennessee. That's where you wanted to play. Or, I'm sorry, Connecticut and Tennessee. Those <laughs> those are the two programs you want to play at. As a, And there's still probably a lot of little girls that want to play at Tennessee because of her and her legacy there. So, no, that's, that's a good number four. Uh, my number four is Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, not a lot of people can say they made a small, very small school. I mean, Duke's not tiny anymore, but when he took over, it was a small school into a national powerhouse in a sport. Uh, when he took over Duke, it's almost like um, equivalent of BGSU becoming dominant in football and being in a yeah. national spotlight every year. And he's, like, very giving. He does camps all the time for younger kids. He does does a lot for the community too. So he's well, like he's a super nice guy. He's a dick on the court. But not only I mean, that, he has several gold medals. He brought he he somehow tempered the egos of the greatest basketball players in the United States. I mean some of the players he coached LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, guys like that. And they played together and won gold medals together. I mean, yeah. the dude just wins no matter what he what level he's coaching at, he wins. And he's a hell of a recruiter. Yeah, he's a great recruiter too. Um, you know, and the, th- <laughs> the thing is, if John Calipari had the success that Coach K did, then John would be on my list. But John can't do what Coach K did. John can't win. And John has better talent, I think. That's the thing. I think John's a better recruiter, but John can't develop. Coach K can develop a guy in a couple months to be 10 times better than he was in high school. But you, where, you, where you have John who gets his players and they basically stay where they were. You can't have 11 fucking McDonald's All-Americans in the same fucking team and not win a national championship. Well, and when you wa- watch – when Coach K wins titles, like I think his last title, he had several juniors and seniors on that team that he developed that ended up going to yeah. the NBA and being, you know, good role players and stuff. So that's why I got K. I'm pretty sure he has the all-time wins too. Um, not to upset North Carolina fans, Roy Williams is an honorable mention for me. Yeah. Roy is honorable mention. See, Coach K is honorable for me. Uh, Roy also, I think, like those two made whew, two great coaches in one fucking state. In the biggest rivalry in college basketball. Yeah, they could throw a rock and hit each other's school. 
Yeah. It's dude, they're fun game. Even when they're both down, they're great games. Or if Duke's down and North Carolina's dominant or vice versa, they're always really, really good games. They're really fun it's to watch. It's always a great upset to watch. Dude. Yeah, I always <laughs> North Carolina Duke week, I always at least try to get most of the game in before I go to bed and then record the rest of it because usually it's a great finish. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you got at number three? Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. <laughs> uh, there's a fucking trophy that's named after him. Don't know if you've heard about it. It's the Lombardi Trophy, the Super Bowl trophy. Uh, he made literally – he's the Coach K of the NFL – he took a tiny little team in a tiny little town and made them into the Green Bay fucking Packers uh, who have still had the dominance that he created. And he was like a fucking dictator of the team, which I don't think – honestly, I don't think Lombardi would be a good coach in today's NFL That's a, just because of his coaching style. That's a player's league. I don't think any legendary coaches from back then would be good now because then it was – be a man, shut the fuck up, and do what you're told. See, I think my number two would be, and we'll get to that. I think I think my number two would make it in today's league. Uh, my number three is Phil Jackson. Um, ten NBA championships. That was one, it took everything I had not to put him on there. Ten NBA championships. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. Yeah. It's absurd. With three different teams? Two, Lakers and the Bulls. Granted, he had – he probably had some – I mean, he had, obviously he's had the best, you know, Michael, Scotty, and Shaq, and Kobe. But to be fair, you have – he had to be able to make all them guys coexist together too. And he built those teams. Right, and – He didn't luck into good teams. He built good teams, and he made teams full, filled with egos, especially the Shaq-Kobe team. Made them play together. Now it fell apart, but then, but then he rebuilt the team. They bring in Paul Gasol. Paul Gasol is a great player, but he is no no Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, and wins two more. He, you have you can have great talent, and again, this kind of goes back to, um, Calipari. You can have great talent, but you still have to win. You have to win the big one. And he did it 10 times. How many times have you seen teams with unbelievable talent and then they get to the dance and they fall apart or they lose or they're actually not that good? Uh, case in point, Philadelphia a couple years ago when they literally yeah. got all these free agency superstars and everyone thought they were going to go undefeated and they really weren't even that good. So, yeah, I, that that's why I got Phil at three. Cause obviously, 10 NBA championships is absurd especially going through seven-game series <laughs> and yeah. having to go through no buys. There's no buys in the NBA. It's 1-8. It's 1-8. through eight. You all play first round, second round, semifinal, finals. So, for him. But even during the season, don't they play, like, three games a week? Yeah. Uh, it it so, depends. Like, yeah, for the most part. You're pretty stressed from the beginning to the end of the NBA season. And they don't have a, a long off season. The only time I can comfortably say Phil Jackson was out coached was against the Pistons in 04. Larry Brown out coached him because there's no reason that team, that Pistons team, should have won that NBA championship. Yeah, you had six. <laughs> they were you had 
They brought back the Detroit bad boys. You had six. Motor City you had six boys. nine Ben Wallace guarding seven one three hundred pound Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, but Ben was a fucking like he was. He was Shaquille. Yeah, I. Like they were the same fucking dickhead. Yeah, but he was tiny compared to Shaq. He was a very small man. I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure the Lakers had Gary Payton and Carl Malone on that team while coming off their bench that year. They should have won. But did they have Malone? Then? Yeah. Yeah, because they're ring chasing him and Gary. Um, because I thought Malone. Because Malone. Yeah. Because yeah, Malone, Malone. Malone couldn't get. Malone did get a ring. No, he did not. He couldn't get past. I thought he did. No, because they lost. He was only there for a year, I think. But he couldn't. He couldn't beat uh, Michael with the Jazz. Yeah. But he went to the Lakers for one last run, and then you lose to the <laughs> the Pistons. <laughs> uh, who's your number two? My number two, Don Shula, uh, which I think he would work in today's NFL because he had a lot of uh, a lot of crazy people on his Dolphins team, and he's still the only coach to ever go completely undefeated. Yeah, I know it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, that alone puts him really high on my list. Uh, but he also has the record in the NFL for wins. Yeah, and and you know maybe Belichick will eventually beat that but you know I, I just think Belichick has been chasing Shula like his career is chasing Shula uh, and and they remind me a lot of each other I don't know if, do you think Bill actually cares though like some you know I really I really don't like, like maybe a small part of him but like you know LeBron LeBron but, cares about chasing Jordan like he yeah he has openly, I mean, after he won his last NBA championship, he said, give me my damn respect. It's because he, he's chasing Jordan. Like, I, I don't think Bill really cares. He, I think he does. He just doesn't show it. Yeah, but. There's no he's, way he he feels the way he acts. Because if he did, he'd be the worst fucking coach in the NFL because he acts like he doesn't care about anything. Yeah, but doesn't he have the most Super Bowl championships ever? With six. Yeah, yeah, so he's already better. And the most appearance. You have the most wins. You can win a lot of games, but you got to win the Super Bowl. You got to win the championship. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, if I was um, a head coach, my only concern would be, you know, winning championships. I want to have the most championships when I retire. I don't care about wins because if you're winning championships, you're winning anyways, right? So I, yeah. I don't care about the stats as long as I win titles. That's it. I mean, to be honest, if I could be in uh, the NFC East and put together an eight-net record and make the playoffs every fucking season, but yet have a fucking dominant playoff team, I'd take the dominant playoff team. Well, the Giants, yeah. the Giants beat year. the eighteen and zero Patriots. You know, I mean. That was on a nine and seven record, wasn't it? I think it, it was ten and six, but but they were in the wild card. They didn't even win the division. So, um, my number two is Wooden. Uh, John Wooden, UCLA has the longest win streak ever. I think it's over. Coached some of the best players in NBA history and won ten titles in twelve years. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And um, like you said, 
you know, coached some of the greatest players to ever set foot on a basketball court, period. Um, yeah. And he recruited them. But two Hall of Famers in a short amount of time, too. In that uh, in that 10 championship run, didn't he have, like, three different Hall of Famers? Uh, I know he had – so he had Bill Walton, who I believe is a Hall of Famer mm-hmm. in the NBA. Better be. Um, but, uh, but he had Bill Walton, who was a part of the, the streak. Um, and then you had, uh, you had Cream, obviously, as part of that. And then I can't remember who the – he had a couple of them, I think. He had a lot. I mean, he was a hell of a recruiter, but he also could coach them too. I mean, yeah. he was probably the best recruiter and the best coach in college basketball. I mean, shit. Ten titles in 12 years. Think how pissed off he probably was the two years they didn't make it, and they probably still had a deep-ass yeah. run in the NCAA tournament. I mean – Can you imagine going to practice like the next season? We will not be fucking embarrassed like we were last we, year. What are you talking about, coach? We made the, we made the final four. The Sweet 16, <laughs> like, yeah. <shit. laughs> but. Oh, and, and I don't think that'll ever happen again. No, that's something. Now, their streak was broken by uh, UConn's women's team. But the yeah. titles, um, well, are, you, are we saying men's basketball or women's? And men's basketball will not be broken. Women's basketball. Uh, UConn, their coach already broke it with eleven. I don't, I don't think it'll be broken in men's basketball. I don't, I don't think there's a way just because it's so well, spread out. Where women's basketball is, I mean, you you have five dominant teams every year. Well, also much. with the one and done rule, it makes it really, yeah. really hard for um for men's basketball to go do something like that. You know, Coach K. And when you when you have a coach like John uh, Calipari who doesn't want to see the same faces, he wants you to play for him for one year, go make your money. He's been on record saying that multiple times. You're not going to get a guy that can have a fucking force. No. Uh, who's your number one? John, John Wooden. Okay, so we talked about that. Uh, my number one is Bill Belichick. Uh, just because, like I said before, he has the most championships of a head coach ever, and it, football's America's sport. So, and he has most appearances, I think. Oh, he I'm has sure. to. Did he be? Who was the 49ers coach? Um, damn it, that made the West made West Coast offense. I can't remember his name. I'm Pat. pretty sure he beat him though. Uh, but yeah, like I said, he has the most Super Bowls, most appearances. Probably by the time he retires, longest, longest uh, playoff streak. Too. Probably he's probably hitting on longest tenured head coach ever, um, and a modern era. I would say you haven't seen. He's got to be. He's got to be at the top of the modern. You era. haven't seen a dominance in football like he's had. Yeah, you've seen dynasties like, um, like uh, the Niners in the eighties. But it was a short dynasty. Yeah, it was a ten-year dynasty. Belichick's going on like twenty-two years of of winning, yeah. and every time you think it, he's done, oh, the dynasty's over. They win. Um, I think the well, shit. Remember when he made Matt Castle eleven and five? Everybody's yeah. like, oh fuck, uh, Patriots. This would be the year they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, then the, 
And yeah, they did. They did. No Matt problem. Castle got a max deal and then was terrible. Yeah, thanks, Chiefs, for taking him away from Denver. Oh, I'll never forgive you. Um, I do think, though, if Andy Reid stays with Kansas City and doesn't retire, he might be – they might be the only ones that could outdo Brady Belichick. I don't think so because I, th- I don't think Andy Reid has much left in his tank. I don't think so. To coach. I don't think so either just because of the fact, hey, I finally did it. He got – he's got what he's always chased, right? Because I, what does everyone say yeah. about Andy Reid? He was the best coach to never win one. Well, he finally won one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I he <laughs> might be done soon. I mean, I would say probably in the next three years, Andy Reid will retire. Um, and I don't know how that team's going to look then because at some point you paid Patty. You're going to have to pay Clyde because I think Clyde's going to be a really good player. You got to pay Tyreek. You got to pay Kelsey. And I think that kid, uh, young Robinson, their young wide receiver, Robinson. No. He's got a different last name. He's most he was a returner last year. Uh, he's very Tyree. That's like. also that's the other fast that's the other thing they have to worry about too. I think I feel like Andy Reid is a great talent scout too. And I don't mm-hmm. I mean Tyreek, late round pick. Uh Mahomes was what a no, 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 pick. no. He was they traded up to like the twelfth overall pick to get him. Oh yeah, they, they traded did? up for him. I think he made Alex Smith play better, too. He made Nick Foles look good. I mean, Andy Reid is like a quarterback whisperer. Now, luckily, whoever takes over, I think what's happening is their offensive coordinator is basically the the heir apparent to the throne because a lot of teams were Mm -hmm. interested with him. And I think think Andy Reid might just tell him this year, maybe once he starts looking at other jobs, getting offers, you know, maybe Andy just says, look, I got one or two years left. I'm going to pay you like a head coach, you know, and we're going to pay you millions of dollars to do this. So stay on. And then when I'm done, you're the head coach. See, I think that's what Belichick's doing too. Oh, see though, Josh McDaniels isn't good. No. uh, If you watch the Broncos when he was a head fucking coach, he was the first coach in Broncos history to have them in the – First Broncos coach to have a losing record. So that was cool. Yeah, so um, I think Andy Reid will pass the torch to him. And then Josh McDaniels will probably get the head coaching job. And then New England's going to be bad. I think think part of the the problem with Josh McDaniels is he was like 31 years old when he became the head coach of the Broncos, Mm -hmm. too. So, you know, it might have changed a little bit. Andy's had more time under Belichick. To actually learn, and it looks like Belichick fucking yells at him and treats him like a player. Yeah. And to me, that means right. he cares. Well, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this thing up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, again, sorry about not putting an episode out Tuesday. We'll be back on a normal schedule next week. Um, if you'd like us to cover top five sports list, it uh, doesn't really matter what it is. Just go ahead and uh, – you know, just message us on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Um, if you like it, tell a friend. And uh, see you next week. See you.